When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Introducing the new Starbucks Pistachio Cream Cold Brew. Silky Pistachio Cream Cold Foam tops our bold, smooth, cold brew for a delicious twist on a favorite winter flavor. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. Ooh, good evening, all you spooky, kooky ghosts and goblins. Welcome to Make It Stop, the bad music podcast. Hosted by Heather and Mike. And I'm here too. Hey, it's Wiley. our fully sound design for the BSB movie that ever ever existed there. I was using um, a cinnamon stick and a glass of whiskey so if you're wondering <laughs> yeah. I think it's almost as good as the uh, the effects on the uh on the tracks on the album. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. We didn't have the uh, the two by four with a nail in it to slowly pull out <laughs> for the sound of a creaking coffin door, but <laughs> or it's I was slapping my keys on the table. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We got that. <laughs> we got that. Or just like a really, really long, really heavy necklace, you know, just kind of like a one of those Run DMC chains. That's what I was. That's that's. I think what actually was the backing, you know, track to the Monster Mash, which is, guess what, Stabby, is what we're going to be talking about today. By the way, as uh, our wonderful uh, announcer already announced, <laughs> you're not an announcer. You're I'm a guest. Not. I just made <laughs> I could be a guest announcer. I, I mean, I announced the, the show, so I guess. Yeah, you can take off now. We've got all we need. We just needed you to, to, to introduce us in a Bobby Pickett, Bor- Boris Karloff approximation, and, and we got it from here. Yeah, totally. No, no, of course, uh, our, our dear friend, Andrew Wiley, stopping in again, uh, famously of the Shags episode, way yeah. back in season one. Oh, yeah. Back for another go-around and another piece of 60s uh, camp yeah. and uh, weirdness. The original Monster Mash by Bobby Pickett. That's right. I mean, you might think, hey, the Monster Mash, that's not bad music. That's an all-time, one of the greatest hits of all time. One of the best songs. I could listen to that song, and I have for, for more than an hour straight. I've done it. And just, just nonstop. As I would say, it was a graveyard smash. And we say that because it literally was this song, uh, the Monster Mash, and the song that is the album, the Monster Mash, or the original Monster Mash by Bobby Pickett. Right. Um, Which is the subject of the episode. Of course. Which I was saying, like, you know, the Monster Mash, the song, great. All-time classic. 
while you were saying you oh yeah so i mean i could listen to the monster mash for for an hour if not more and and, and i have in fact one time i was i had a pop-up shop in alston at, it was called pop alston and you know for halloween i was just like hey i'm, I'm putting on the monster mash and i'm gonna i'm gonna play it until until somebody asked me to stop and, and i don't think anybody asked me to stop for probably about an hour and a half so and why would they i, I mean it's a great song one of the best one of the best songs Wow, I do. I do think it's. I mean, it is the only piece of uh, like '60s novelty music that endured um, in this way for so long. You know, it it, it topped the charts in '62. Uh, it topped the charts again in '70 70 and '73, and then it has it has. Um, you know, I, I, the Wikipedia article claims that it never charted again after that. But I've read a Billboard article that says it does. It has hit their top 100 basically every Halloween season um, since they started uh, tracking streaming, uh, you know, music streams. Yeah. So why wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's the only Halloween equivalent of a Christmas Carol, you yep. know, that everyone knows. Uh, and it's just it's just good fun. It is. You know, we know now. Heather and I at least know that it is um, a direct lift from Mashed Potato Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you might not know that there's a 16-track album uh, that was made after the Monster Mash to cash in on the Monster Mash and uh, squeeze a little more money out of it. Um, that is not quite up to the standards, I would say, of the hit. I would oh. say lightning does not strike twice. <laughs> nor does it strike 16 times. No. Right. And, and okay, so we're talking about this album being 16 songs long, where it is just one song that is extended. You were talking about playing the, the album for an hour and a half. I mean, oh, that's, you could. This, I mean, this, not the album, but the Monster Mash. I mean, the song, yeah, right. Go that's, for it. That's what this album is. It's the Monster Mash for an hour and a half, and it's somehow 36 like minutes, and there's 16 different songs. watered-down, odd versions of variations of the theme it's, it's, it's just it's too much Bleh. it's definitely too much and not enough i i don't know if you guys know this but um i've, I've done a lot of research we're going to get into the history of this uh, album because um i will say there's not a lot to pick apart in the the songs themselves and the lyrics but well there's some there's we're going to get into weird shit about zombie sex tonight are you guys ready for that are we sure. ready? Sure. Cool. Yeah. Here. Okay. Oh, there's a deep lore established on this album. There is. Oh, there's great. a story being told well, that you can pick up on. I, I, I don't mean, know if it's I'll, a deep lore. I think I picked up on some deep lore here. The, the relationship right. between Boris and Drac, it's it's nuanced. Yeah. It's nuanced. So we'll we'll definitely get into all of that. But um, did you know about the? So okay, let's back on up. So this is this is my dude Bobby. Parentheses Boris Pickett, which of course the Boris. Representing, you know, Boris Karloff, who played Dracula. He can do. Played, um, sorry, uh, really? Bella Lugosi played Dracula. Oh, yeah. Boris sorry. Karloff played uh, Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's monster, monster and the mummy. Or was that Lon? Lon Chaney was the Wolfman. Well, some of these cats played a lot of different people. Right. Um, in yeah. terms of Karloff probably did play Dracula at some point. I, I'm, um, but mostly, mostly more famous for, uh, for the mummy. Yeah. yeah. First, maybe we should back up and talk about the history of how this song slash album came to be let's talk about uh bobby boris pickett let's talk about my boy well i mean so i've been a big fan of the monster mash for a long time and i i remember when i first found out that bobby boris pickett was from somerville i blew my socks off yeah i I was i was super excited i was like i can't believe it and not only was bobby boris pickett from somerville uh his father was the theater manager at the somerville theater and so so pickett kind of grew up watching all these old horror movies and and loving them and that's sort of the the genesis 
of the monster mashing. Right. And and he just got very good at imitating, you know, uh, the voice. The who's the one that you so eloquently did as our intro. It's Boris Karloff. It's Boris Karloff. That was more of a Lugosi right there. But he does. He is trying to do Karloff's voice. He does his facial expressions. If you watch him on American Bandstand, he does some really terrifying Jim Carrey-esque uh, facial contortions throughout the lip syncing of the Monster Mash. He's, it's the one thing he does really well, and he managed to pay his rent for his entire lifetime mm-hmm. off of basically a song that he came up with in 30 minutes and recorded uh, in like an hour. Yeah, he which managed, is, which is also basically just an impersonation I, of Boris Karloff, right? Literally over that. a song that already existed called "Mashed Potato Time." <laughs> White men, am I right? So, um, <laughs> but the the fact that he was able to extend that, you're right, into an entire career with all of you know, with uh, a, a hit like the Monster Match, which actually charted at least three times in multiple. I think it was the first artist or the first um, song. To you know, be at the top of the charts three times in three different decades. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty fucking incredible for you know a guy that again you know grew up in Somerville um, and was just a fucking weirdo who could do a really good <laughs> like impression of somebody else playing a character on a movie. You know? Yeah, and he didn't even he wasn't really even a musician. You know, he joined a doo wop group because he 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 linked up with some doo wop guys when he was in Korea. Yeah, in the um, Korean War. Uh, but that was kind of just like a side gig. He really wanted to be an actor. He mm-hmm. he was obsessed with becoming an actor. Um, but this was just kind of a side thing where he you know his friends he was doing uh, he 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 had like a little band I believe it was called the Cordials. Yeah. Um, and they would play uh, just gigs uh, for dinner at an Italian restaurant. They would they would literally sing for spaghetti. I believe is a quote from him. <laughs> Uh, Me too, honestly. That's a, like, that's, what an, would, that's, a, that's a scene from an Italian restaurant right I, there. I I love that idea. What food stuff would you um would you sing for? Um, almost any. I mean, any, any good food. We'll sing for a, a lobster. <laughs> What's your singing voice like? It's not Wiley. Good. It's not good. It's oh, bad. I, I I definitely I I can't sing real good. I don't I know. I, you know, I, I won't toot my own horn. You all know the deal. <laughs> Blameshifters.bandcamp.com. Um, some fun Bobby Pickett facts I wrote down from oh, my man. research. Lay it on me. There's so many. Dated Cloris Leachman. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Um, very famous actress for uh, wh- who was she? Uh, wasn't she in the Golden Girls? Yes. Leachman. No, no, no. Cloris Leachman. Leachman. Um, I just know that she's How like an spooky. iconic older lady from Young Frankenstein. Yeah, Frau Blucher. Yep, and uh, History of the World Part 1, and she was on, oh yeah, she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Okay. All right. Well, either way. Um, yeah, Dated Cloris Leachman, uh, dad uh, ran Somerville Theater, we, we covered that, uh, recorded the Monster Mash at 24 years old. Yep. Uh, and uh, in, his, in his 50s, he reunited with his long-lost daughter, and they had a, uh, a, 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 a great, like, father-daughter relationship until his death in 2007. Um, perhaps, I would say, uh, the only person in the history of Make It Stop who would pass the is this person a piece of shit test wow. with flying colors. Which we have not brought back this season and I completely forgot. Is this person a piece of shit?
even a little bit. In fact, he's a you good read dad. Interview, he seems like a super chill guy. Yeah. Somerville's finest. Um, right, listeners, so just as a, a quick aside, by the way, if you hear any, you know, um, you know, the sounds of the city, uh, police sirens or, uh, you know, freight trains that go on for fucking miles, it's because we're recording in my backyard. So I apologize for that. Right. This is our first in-person guest uh, yes. since <laughs> a long, <March>? <laughs> long time ago. A and, long uh, time ago. I'm happy to be here. This is a great purple picnic table. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Um. What was I saying? Oh, because, okay, of our Massachusetts childhoods, we know um, another little piece of trivia about my guy is that he was uh, the voice and also performed at Spooky World. Um, that's right. Scariest theme park. What is it? What's American's, the tagline? I think that's what I it think is. that's what it is. Yeah. I think that's what America's it is. It's Spooky I, World. <laughs> and I always, always, always wanted to go to Spooky World, and for some reason I could never get anybody to take me to fucking oh. Spooky World. Did be, you go? Yeah, I, well, I didn't do the whole thing. Because they had, like, a haunted house, and they had, like, the stage show, which Bobby Pickett would do, and they had the haunted hayride. And I did the haunted hayride when I was a kid, and I gotta say, that shit sucked. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. You oh, really, you're better lame. off going to Barrett's Haunted Mansion in Abington uh, than Spooky World, if okay. you ask me. That's a much better haunted house experience. Well, there you go. But either way, he was there as a performer, um, and he actually performed with Tiny Tim. Oh, they were good friends. Uh, good friends. Another, you know, novelty holdover from the 60s. Um, who's actually way weirder and cooler, even? Oh, my God. If you haven't listened to the Howard Stern interview with him, it is, like, incredible. He is really? the weirdest. He's extremely Fucking strange. eccentric. There's so many. I don't even know where to be, where to begin <laughs> with Tiny Tim, but that that is he lays it all out on the line to Stern. So it's from the '90s, I think. So wow. definitely check that wow. out. Wow. Not yeah. that I'm like a huge Stern head, but like if he has like this one's worth it, even if you're kind of you think that he's revolting, which he kind of is. Um, but yeah, uh, the one last piece of uh, trivia I had was a quote from uh, Bobby Pickett's sister, Linda Proctor. Which was the girls in Somerville were always knocking on our door. He was very <laughs> handsome. Yeah. So okay, he might have been handsome, but his face is literally made out of like melting like candle wax, and his <laughs> entire like persona as his monster mash. So if you look at the video for the monster mash, um, it's literally just him like clutching like his arm claw and like you know like uh, vibrating and like sneering and like the most grotesque you know facial approximations of i guess what he thinks is he so is he the narrator of this whole story is he igor so my take i think he's supposed to be a dr frankenstein okay he's dr frankenstein because igor's a separate character who he also voices oh no no sorry igor was voiced by the guy who played the serial killer in m oh my god peter laurie yeah Peter Lorre does the voice of Igor on, I don't think on every track, but on the Monster Match. Oh. Or really? Uh, maybe on, I on not know whichever that. tracks he's in as a separate character voiced by someone else. But Bobby Bobby Pickett does the rest of the characters. Like I think they're all they're all him. Like he does the the Karloff, which I, I guess we're, we're supposed to assume that it's Frankenstein's monster or, or Frank or Franken or Dr. Frankenstein? I think the main character, Boris. In the in the story of this album is do, is like a Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah, Doctor Frankenstein. But then there's also Drac. Drac. Yep. Uh, well, Who he also calls Bella. Uh, <laughs> hint, who's hint, his rival hint. frenemy? Who's trying to create a song that's better than the mon- a dance that's better than the Monster yeah. Mash? 
Which, by the way, they never tell you how to do the monster no, mash. No, they don't. No, they don't. They just say they're just describing just other people do doing the, the monster mash. But it, somehow on the internet, I did find out how to do the monster mash. How do you do it? You do the mashed potato and you hold your arms out like Frankenstein. Oh, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, there's a ton of describing dances without actually giving any details on this album. There's a ton of just you know mythical monster creatures. Doing various dances. There's weird shit, like weird satire. There's weird, like, references to the time that they were in. Um, but overall, what this was, was 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 literally, like, a joke from the beginning. So I just want to, like, talk a little bit. So there was this great article that I found, an interview with um, with my dude Bobby Pickett um, on, I think, uh, J- Jan Allen Henderson um, did this interview. And um, so he asked, how was Monster Mash written? And this is the story behind it. So Bobby Pickett says, the cordials used to do Little Darlin by the Diamonds. In the monologue in the middle of the song, he says, Darlin, I need you to hold in mind your little hand. So I said to Lenny, the leader of the cordials, let me do this rap as Boris Karloff. He said, great idea. So we sing the song and I do Boris Karloff and the audience was split up. One night after a set... And I guess split up means like they loved it, right? Yeah. One night after a set, Lenny said, you know, novelty records sell big time. We ought to do a novelty record with that voice. I didn't think much of the idea of writing songs at the time. So this was, he was, he was like a stand-up comedian. No, he's just an aspiring actor. He even, I guess he did do stand-up though. I actually have a story from a different interview about him doing stand-up. If you oh, want yeah. to share that. Yeah, go for it. Because um, this is funny because this actually, like, you know, you could say, like, oh, well, he just was really good at doing this impression, and that's how he ended up, like, you know, striking gold by accident, doing it on this track. But the impression, it turns out, wasn't even his shtick to begin with. In this, in this anecdote here, and this is from a, uh, an interview on ClassicBands.com, he says, The first time I went on stage in Everett to do a five-minute stand In Everett? Pro- yeah. Where we are right Where now? Where we are right oh. now. Hey. Return to the scene of the crime here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, uh, right in Heather's backyard. It's true. The first time I went on stage in Everett in Heather's backyard to do a five-minute stand-up comedy spoof of Monsters, which I had kind of ripped off from a guy I had seen do it on a boat when I was returning from Korea in 1958. He did a spoof of Monsters. I just watched him and thought, that's a great act. He was so doing, we went, wait, so we just stole, stole it from some other back. guy? Uh, he was doing uh, Boris Karloff uh, and Belly Lugosi impressions. I said, you wrote the act? He said, no, I stole it from Jack Carter. I saw it on TV. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, then you won't mind if I use it. <laughs> so this is the original TikTok. Wow, so it's like, it's, <laughs> this it's, is it's, what TikTok is. We're a couple is. levels deep of, of ripping off someone else's work here. For yeah, sure. I for think sure. It, it becomes clear over the course of the original Monster Mash album that Bobby Pickett, you know, he's a charming guy. He's a nice man, but he's not... Too deep? It, 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 this is not. There's not a deep well of talent, yeah. you know. I mean, he kind of, he he really he hit something unexpected with the Monster Mash. In fact, another quote from that same interview, he said, "When I went in to record Monster Mash, I thought it was just a lark, and a few Boris Karloff freaks would enjoy this. Gosh, it was number one in eight weeks." Yeah. Uh, imagine that. Two months after you go and record this thing, just as a fucking joke that you yeah. wrote in thirty minutes, and it's the number one song in the country. Um. But it's Again, not. It's not white one off men, the unbelievable. Can you just? <laughs> can you believe it, folks? It is quite the talent. Just being a mediocre white man in America. He is. It is the the Cinderella story of the mediocre white man. It, the story yes. of the Monster Mash. So wait. Okay. So oh, really quickly. So 
he so again the creation of the song was literally a tossed off mistake like it was as you mentioned it was like in an afternoon it was maybe an hour I think he mentioned I think he said 20 minutes like <laughs> he literally said so you know he had to he had to rouse this guy um Lenny so f- Lenny from uh Lenny from the cordials I don't know if it was Lenny from the oh yeah the lead singer of the cordials so I guess Lenny had a you know had a drug problem and was like kind of fucked up so he had to you know he 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 told um Bobby to come over um because they were talking about doing a novelty record like they these sell really well come over my house on Saturday so Bobby shows up Lenny is in a drug-induced stupor like can't wake up out of bed he has to like physically like force him out of bed um and then he you know then he says this after he was acceptably awake um he sat at the piano and started playing this four chord progression he said what do you think of this riff I said I don't know but maybe we should base something on the monster getting up and doing the latest dance we were just kind of getting into the groove. We started off with that. At the time, I thought the twist was the latest dance, but Lenny said, no, it's a mashed potato. So I said, that's even better. We can call it the Monster Mashed Potato. We shortened it to Monster Mash. The song literally wrote itself, and we presented it to Gary Paxton, who proclaimed it a hit on just a piano with my voice on an old mono tape recorder. So, so when they were saying when he said that the, the song wrote itself, I mean somebody else wrote it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and, and you know, right? Okay, <laughs> so literally <laughs> that, yeah, very that, <laughs> and very I, that. As, as I recall, he did the the vocals in one take. Yes, he did the vocals in one take, and it was he ex- had been practicing in front of a mirror for a very long time before he went into the booth. <laughs> well, he said, well, because he literally so much of the performance is based on the contortion of his face. Mm-hmm. They weren't even planning on like you know it being a hit in any way shape or form like they had no backing and they were trying to get it like signed right they were trying to like shop it around to different record labels and a bunch of different labels like turn them down so and then it was like finally i don't know which label picked them up i think the the producer gary paxton um just drove a bunch of demos around to radio stations around california and they just started playing it that day and it exploded that very day right so and it was totally unexpected because they didn't have a fucking album and then they were told that they basically had to come up with an album like immediately and they literally wrote this entire album that we are reviewing today which is bobby pickett's original monster mash album um in two hours in two hours okay so that's the two hours that's how long it took them to write this entire album and, and, you, and can't, another... you can't tell at all <laughs> <laughs> and there's another wrinkle to this too just the reason that this album is called the original monster mash is because before they because they waited a little bit they waited a few months after the monster mash came out to do this album um another artist uh the the tv host um zachary John Zacherly, is that his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. He covered the song and released it on his album, which he called The Monster Mash. So they couldn't even use that title anymore wow. for the album. Wow. And he outsold them, I believe, by quite a bit. He did. He did. Yeah, because they were like rushing to get something out ahead of time because they saw how much of a hit it was. And apparently that was just that was just the thing back then. Everything was one song and yet it was still competitive. <laughs> like every <laughs> single song sounded exactly the same. It was um, weird before the Beatles, man. It was a weird was. scene in the rock and roll uh, 
realm. Yeah, totally. And so there are over 360 covers of the Monster Mash. Um, one of our previous Halloween episodes, uh, the uh, the Danzig episode, the Misfits have covered the Monster Mash. Yes, um, the, the bad Misfits, the post The bad misfits. misfits. I will say, would the Misfits have existed if not for this? Would Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's what I'm saying. The Cramps? I don't know. I I don't think so. No. Um, uh, no. I, th- that's so what do you think made this song like we talked about how it was like it was lightning in a bottle. It was just kind of like um and 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 not that it wasn't like intentional because the guy again atten- intentionally stole the act of somebody else and was like let's make a novelty song and let's give it very little thought and effort and here we go. Um and he could do good voices. Like what do you think made the Monster Mash so successful like why did it like cut through and and you what what made it the graveyard smash that we know today exactly (laughs) like a smashy right like so so wiley you say you love this song like tell me about it you played it for an hour and a half it's catchy it's catchy it's goofy it's spooky it's campy campy all all things that i love it is it is campy and i I mean you know and that's what's great about it It is it's it's probably kind of tongue-in-cheek um and it's fun it's silly Right, kooky spooky. Would the Rocky Horror Picture Show exist if not for the monster? No, mash? I mean I don't think so. I think you know I think this kind of like this kind of monster camp is the kind of thing that like it kind of predates that stuff. Yeah, I mean I think at the time you know there was a lot of nostalgia for the classic um, Universal monster movies. Right. Um, they you know they were getting a lot of play at uh, cinemas and stuff for for decades after they came out. Um, and I think, I think teenagers at the time were like attracted to the, the you know for that for them at the time in the early '60s like it that already was camp, right? You know, but it hadn't been defined into that nostalgia hadn't I don't think been um, transformed into something like fun and ironic yet. Right. Uh, or I don't even know if they had irony in the 60s. I don't know if, if, yeah, I, if did ironic is the, is the correct <laughs> term, but like fun and, and, and uh, you know. Irreverent. Yeah. Um, and I think that Bobby Pickett well, kind of, I, I know that at the, at the time uh, on television, there were a lot of shows you had like Vampira and the Elvira and, and John Zacherly doing these um, late night like network TV um Shows where they would show old horror movies and, and then drive would, in movie like creature features for yeah. sure. Yeah. And there would be this guy, this character, this spooky character who would like do between commercial breaks, like, um, you know, have little vignettes and, and, and skits. Um, but that hadn't, uh, you know, that was big in television at the time, which was still a relatively new medium, but it hadn't, nothing had happened in music yet um, to capture that sort of thing. So Bobby Pickett just kind of, he got in first. He did something he did. that. Should have been obvious to anyone who was already a professional that, you know, this is going to sell. But he happened to be the guy to actually do it. Yeah. And so what do you think about this, about the song? I mean, we're going to get into the album, which, you know, spoiler alert, none of the songs are as good as the Monster Mash. What do you think about the Monster Mash to begin with? Well, real quick, uh, maybe let's play the Monster Mash. Let's listen to it. And then that'll start us on this journey of listening to the whole album. Yeah. We'll start off on on the good foot. That sounds good. 
uh, and I'll uh, I'll share my thoughts after we after we give a little a clip for the for the listeners at home. All right, cool. Here we go. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match from my laboratory in the castle. All right, so Drac is taking a fat rip of some beasters on that fucking intro. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he's got some monster hash going on. Ah, uh, nice. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. But- I don't know. It's just good. It just sounds good. And it's like, it's fun for kids and adults. Mash good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that commentary. That's why we're, that's why we have you here. Yeah. Um, the, have you listened to other novelty music from the 60s? Okay. It was actually a very popular genre at the time. I mean, that's how they knew, like, hey, we need extra scratch. Let's do a novelty song and see what happens. Because, like, it was very big at this time. You know, there was Here Come the Judge. There was, wow. Wow. they're coming to take me away, haha. Oh, uh, I remember that one. I just think this is the best that 60s novelty music has to offer. It's the only one anyone still gives a shit about. Well, that's definitely true. So uh, even though, so it is the most, qu- it is the quote, most seasonal song on Spotify, um, meaning it receives the biggest seasonal spike in listens of any song in the Spotify database. So on Halloween 2015, um, the world collectively listened to 43,253 hours of the Monster Mash. To at least an hour and a half of that was you, Wiley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, doing my best. To <laughs> yeah, juking stats. But so it's literally, um, you know, so it's it's well known um, as as a hit. And it continues to be a hit. It continues to be played. And part of the question I have for you all is, if, would that be the case if there were more Halloween songs? Like, what are the other Halloween songs? We got Thriller, and what else? I, I really can't think of any that are, That's and especially right. not any that are good. I mean, I guess, no. you, I mean, like the Misfits are Halloween music and the, the Cramps are, I, I guess, but they're not like, they're not, they're not comedic or not intentionally ever. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to go down and dig deep for some other. Halloween novelty songs, right? But I, I mean, it's hard to top. You can't top the Monster, monster Mash. But it's because it. there's no competition. Like, okay, like again, this is supposed to be a spooky, kooky song, right? But it's also like it's it's definitely like made for children. We get a lot of that vibe on this. There's like you know, it's got that like kindergarten uh, cadence. Um, I don't know, dude. Like, it's very like. It sounds to me like you don't like the Monster Mash. I don't fully understand the appeal i'll say i, I really think, don't i don't fully understand the appeal either i just know that i i enjoy it i've been i i don't remember the first time i heard the monster mash i think it's just always been with me you know i i, I definitely heard it for the first time before i was like actively making and keeping memories um and i just i never was like there's never been a time where someone put on the monster mash and i was like really do we have to do this you're right. And I feel like I feel that way about every other song that I've heard as many times as I've heard the Monster Mash, you know? Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, generally speaking, one doesn't hear the Monster Mash outside of October. Right. That's true. It's just right. not, I mean, nobody's, like, playing the Monster Mash in the middle of uh, 
the summer. It's just not no. a thing that's done. So I, I feel like because of that, because it, it comes but once a year, <laughs> you know, you can get amped and, and you, you can get excited like, oh, yeah, it's the Monster Mash. And then, like, you hear it a, a couple of times and then, and then you don't. And then it goes away again. Mercifully. Yeah. And I think because there's, you know, I'm sure there were plenty of other Halloween novelty songs. In fact, I know there was one even that predates the Monster Mash called, like, My Meeting with Drac or something. I didn't listen to it, but it clearly, like, no one gives a shit about it. But because there's no other songs that really endured like the Monster Mash, um, it's, it's, yeah, I, like, for example, like, I hate Christmas carols at this point, Christmas songs this at this point. This is that to me. I know, but the thing is, like, yeah, but... I, I think it's something to do with it. It's the only song of its of its kind, really, and you only need to listen to it once a year. And it's just well, well it's just tight and well constructed, and it's in Wiley's case, like sixteen times at least. <laughs> at least, at least, yeah. I think his voice. I think his voice works. Uh, I think that the backup vocals are good, and uh, you know, it's well, a nice, he- simple little doo-wop ditty. Um, we can all, all sit around here and, and, and praise the Monster Mash, but I think we should get to the nitty-gritty of the original Monster Mash album and what's going on with that. Yeah, I mean, that's clearly, this is I, song I mean, number one. We're going to go on to the other songs, but this is the big one. So Right. We, I think this album, w- which kind of gives you a taste of what it would be like if there were a whole bunch of Monster Mash-type songs. Mm, you know, like, if, yeah. imagine every Halloween, like, you had to listen to this whole album. I would feel a lot differently about the Monster Man. They yeah, wrote for sure. this album in like two days. They recorded this album in two days. They conceptualized this album like on the toilet in twenty minutes. Like, come on, dude. Like, you know, I don't. I don't have any other examples of good Halloween songs. So it's like because there's like a lack of that, then you you can't really hold it accountable, I guess. But like, also, is this really? Good, like so. I would say there's a couple tracks we're gonna get into which I think are pretty good. The ones that aren't just Monster Mash rehashes, a couple of them. But um, I don't know about this next Mash-ups, one, as you would might call them. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. This next one, um, I don't even get the reference they're doing. It's called No, me neither. Uh, I was hoping you did. I don't. I don't know who Rabian is. It's called Rabian the Fiendage Idol. Oh, actually, I did is it fa- figure. Fabian? It's, Fabian. Yes, it's Fabian I did learn it. I idol, did. Yeah. You're right. I did find it out. Yeah, we'll or talk fa- about Fabian. So Fabian? it's Fabian. It's it's a reference to Fabian, yeah. who was a teenage idol, and this is Rabian, the fiend age idol. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Clever. So actually, okay, really quickly before we move on, that is one of the things about the Monster Mash that I was reading was that like, is it a satire? Like, is it intentionally like supposed to be like a commentary on like the fifties fad, like fifties dance fads, and like how you know they spread like wildfire, where people were doing like shit called the fucking mashed potato, and that was like the biggest fucking coolest craze. Um, so there's like a little bit of that right on this song, just even with the title, uh, you know, Rabian the fiendish idol. It's right. not a fiend age idol. It's not like that clever, but it it is potentially a satire which i'll i'll give him a little bit of credit for you i think know? definitely if not because again irony didn't exist in the 60s as mike <laughs> already said i think they're satirizing um yeah they're satirizing the dance trend the, the trends of the time yeah and they're also satirizing um i think with the the stuff with drac and boris yeah. i think they're satirizing the real life rivalry between bella lugosi 
and um, Boris Karloff. Ooh. Well, either way, they're satirizing all the way to the bank. So here we go. This is uh, Rabian, the Fiend Age Idol. Oh, come now, Bella. Do you take me for a fool? Could this rabbit creature be an all-American goon? I'm sure he can, Boris. I bet my left wing. All right, you plot sucker. Let's hear him sing. All right, you know that's, that's special. I, a, I think if the whole song had been the werewolf song right there, I think they would have had something. Yeah. I really do. I really do. I I think. Well, I think that for me, there's a lot of um, debate about who invented punk rock, whether it was New York Dolls or you know Death or Iggy Pop or who whoever. I think it was. I think it was Rabian the Fiend Age Idol. Okay. Okay. Okay, so let's take one giant step back from that. So I, I honestly, on some level, you're not wrong, right? On some level, you're not wrong. This is garage punk, right? And this is, uh, it, it's like a direct kind of lineage to uh, Louie Louie by the Kingsmen, mm-hmm. which had just come out. So um, there was an article that I read, um, this, the author, uh, Lindsay B. Harris, and the article was uh, saying, so... Around the time Monster Mash was released, garage rock was starting to emerge from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Tacoma-based band The Wailers released a cover of Richard Berry's 1957 single, Louie Louie. Yeah, so obviously. Um, And then The Kingsman released it in 1963, um, which became an anthem for garage rock, embodying the iconic use of guitar distortion and unrefined singing. So they were kind of saying that, like, Rabian is like a you know a send up of that of like garage rock of so, the early early era of garage rock just going yeah 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 i'm a werewolf which also it definitely sounded like they got somebody like outside of the tea station in somerville <laughs> to do <laughs> well, those vocals i also i feel like it's 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 so many references that are so old it's impossible to track cuz i feel like they're also maybe sending up wolfman jack the radio personality it's possible. Uh, I'm not sure when he was on the air, but yeah, that's 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 possible too. Yeah. But it's it is clear that Rabian is a uh, reference to Fabian, who was sure. a you know inoffensive you know cute guy with a pompadour from that era who but, was recruited to be like a teen idol, and so you know they're they're making fun of that. So it's like well, okay, why would weird out a garage rock voice then? Just because he's a werewolf and he's no. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't put a lot of thought into it. Though. You know what? You know, know what, Mike? It's almost like crap. they fucking wrote the song and fucking t- wrote the song in twenty minutes, <laughs> like on the back of a fucking napkin, like you know. Um, but it's like, so if would Weird Al exist if not for the Monster Mash? Like, well, <laughs> Weird Al was discovered by Doctor Demento, who was huge on on Bobby Pickett. Yeah, Doctor Demento is like yeah. the only guy who played any songs Bobby Pickett made after the Monster Mash. Which, oh man, we didn't even get into that. Did you guys know about the songs that he put out after the Monster Mash? I know about the Monster Rap. Oh, do you? Because don't know if I know a lot about that. Guess what? We're going to listen to it right now, baby. We're listening to it right now. So there were actually several, several um, remixes that uh, Bobby Pickett, I mean, as he said himself, this the one song of the Monster Mash paid his rent for 
basically his entire life. His entire so life. he has been unashamedly, you know, milking this forever and like good for him. But that has, you know, um, consequences. And some of those consequences are like, you know, some of the um, – uh, some of the songs that he put out afterwards to try to capitalize on the Monster Mash. And and like we said before, he was very successful. You know, he they charted, the Monster Mash itself charted three times in three different decades. Um, and his other songs, um, you know, not so much, but they at least got play on, you know, the Dr. Demento show. And like nothing else. Yeah, he made yeah. like one about... Um, climate change called oh, like the monster slash the monster slash and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that one okay. too um so this one is the monster rap that he put out uh, capitalizing on the uh the hip-hop craze <laughs> 1985 Shock the body, shock the body, body, shock the body, shock the body, body, shock the body, shock the body, body, shock. I've given you a voice, now rap for daddy. Well, I shot a million bolts into my brain, now I'm ready to rap like a runaway train. If you get in my way, found the clash, cause I'm the same thing did the monster man. It. I for love daddy. It. So yeah. this is where it, it we start to explore the subdom relationship of uh <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he's Dr. trying to teach him how to speak, but in the only way he can I, Igor's idea cuz Igor goes to DJ school is to teach him how to rap. Of and course. And that will be easier than teaching him to speak. Oh, yes. Rapping so much easier than speaking. <laughs> that's what yeah, that's what I've learned. Um, There's a whole bunch of these, though. And, you know, you got to admire the, the chutzpah. I mean, this is high camp, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm high, I'm, and I'm, it's camp. I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> I quite enjoy the monster rap myself. Yeah. Doesn't Frankenstein's monster sound like Kid Rock, kind of? Ooh, Bobby Shazam. I had to look That's up to make he... sure it wasn't, like, the first known Kid Rock recording. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> but, you know, his name is, like, Bobby Steele, the rapper. Bobby Shazam. Yeah, you know, I think it might <laughs> secretly be Kid Rock. It might actually be Kid Rock. Um, okay, and then we mentioned the Monster Slash, which came out. So we at least know that our dude, you know, honestly, in line with the Somerville, Massachusetts demographics, um, is a liberal. And uh, he did not approve of George W. Bush. And he did not approve of um, his environmental record. So he put out a song called The Monster Slash. Um, in 2004, telling Please people don't to tell me about to play that now. Too. Oh, I'm definitely playing. Oh it. God! We were hiking in the forest late one night when our eyes beheld an eerie sight. Our president appeared and began to frown. Then he and his friends cut the forest down. They did the slash. They did the forest slash. Did the slash. It was brutally brash. Not as good as the monster rap. No, no, definitely not. So no. I would almost have thought. I, I'm actually surprised that 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 that's his own parody of his own song. You would have thought that was like somebody else's weird, no parody I, of, of of the song. I mean, yeah. again, he was just cashing in on himself this whole damn time, which I would. He had to keep the lights on all these years, right? Yeah. Do we know? Did he ever get a job? Yeah. No. <laughs> after the monster match, I don't think. I think he's just chilling. He's still the usher yeah. at the Somerville Theater to this day. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. 
he died in 2007, but rest in peace. Damn, I can't believe you just added two extra songs. I'm so sorry. Because we have 14 more. We sure do. Let's oh let's boy. do two at a time, right? Let's, uh, yeah, let's do two at a time. We got the Blood Bank Blues, followed by the Graveyard Shift. Every single song on this album is just a dumb pun. I would say, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Soldier Boy album. Uh, yes, I agree. Where every song is kind of just a reference to the original hit. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. We That's got exactly that going what it on is. Here for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so here we go. We're going to do Blood Bank Blues followed by Graveyard Shift. Here we go. Just my meat. Ooh. <laughs> All right. And the graveyard shift. They're doing a new dance at midnight. A new dance What's it called? We shift path. Hundreds of bodies rise from their graves each night and do the graveyard shift till dawn. Sounds like a well, both these songs, they do, they groove. You know, they're groovy. Yeah, they do. Well, um, they groove it at precisely the same beats per minute as at every <laughs> single fucking song. So. But that was kind of just rock in the in the early '60s, wasn't right. it? Right. Yeah. No, it totally was. Yeah. It was pretty by the numbers. Uh, you know, it it, it, it was kind of rigidly. You know, if you if you strayed too much from that those BPMs or, or the, the certain chord progressions. It would not be considered rock anymore. It would right. stray into rhythm and blues or or, or something else. Um, it was a weird, you know. It, it music was still rock and roll, especially, uh, but music in general was still being like, I don't know. It's still they were still feeling out like what exactly all these new things were. Right, and then running it into the ground as they did. <laughs> I right. mean, that's that's the thing. It's like you know, I don't know. So this song is about like a sad sack drac getting like cut off at the blood bank bar. So he's you know he's fiending, he's he's desperate for his secondhand blood. He you know he he says at one point, "You can keep that fillet at the top of your arm. That is just my meat." What? <laughs> Some solid, solid lyrical. There we go. Right there, yeah. <laughs> What's your take, Wiley? Uh, I mean, so I mean, yeah. So, so here, Bobby Boris Pickett kind of shifts over to the, this whole song seems to be in the in the, in the Drac Belugosi persona, um, but it's it's not really a good song. No, it's no. not good. I mean, but it, he he, it he fleshes says out the lore. All right, and this is what <laughs> I was, was talking about earlier with the lore of this uh, album because there's a uh, lot going on here in terms of narrative <laughs> um, in both songs. No doubt. Um, for example, in Blood Bank, um, Dracula, Drac mentions that he's been staked, and I think this is the first instance where you you know where you see how deep the 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 rivalry goes with him and Boris. I think it implies that he was staked by Boris, and I think that in the Graveyard Shift song, there's all kinds of crazy shit going on. Igor, uh, Igor, and 
uh, Boris and Dracula, they all own a funeral plot together. Uh, Igor needs to work the graveyard shift, even though he wants to work the night shift with Drac, because that's what What is the the difference between a graveyard shift and the night shift? I think graveyard shift is like uh, dusk, like early early morning, uh, like from like... uh, and and the night shift is you know sundown to like two a.m. or something. All right. Um, but you know he wants to hang out there for the night shift because that's when all the all the dead rise from their graves and start to dance the monster mash. Oh, got um, it. But um, uh, you know basically, and and then and then and then Boris tells him, look, you have to work the graveyard shift. We need to have full shift, twenty four hour shifts at this graveyard because there's so many bodies coming in. Um, that we need to keep digging, digging new new grave for them. So there's so many bodies coming in. Th- this is clearly a sort of like I am legend or like full on bloodborne scenario <laughs> in, the, in the world of this album. Um, and I think it's it's really interesting to think about like what is it? What's what's going? What's really going on between these characters here? You know? <laughs> what is really going on? Some What's deep, g- some deep character development there. Oh yeah, I mean, I my. He also says that Igor failed his vampire test, which I don't even know where to begin with. That, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, is what, what is the vampire test? And Igor is isn't supposed to I mean Igor is like, he's he's Doctor like Frankenstein's henchman. So yeah. like, uh, he's just a disabled man. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is. If you it's from, true. by today's you know yes. terminology, that's true. That is correct. he's just a man with a you know with a a, a disability. Yeah, he does ask for a back brace later on in the album. Oh. So, you know, he's just got a little bit of a hump. Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just everything is the same song. So we'll just like a, we'll just get that out of the way here. Every song is the fucking same. Really? I'm sorry. Because I think, you know, Rabian is the only one that I can remember going. All right. Well, There's different things. The saxophone does a different thing in every song. That <laughs> okay. It in. Okay. The drums. But no, you're right. It is. Are the this, exact this album same is on the entire album? Come on. <laughs> this album is bullshit. <laughs> oh, like also the lyrics are pretty bullshit. Like it's pretty embarrassing. Like he, he goes in Blood Bank Blues. He says, "I got the shakes. My wing membrane aches." What? Yeah, <laughs> Your yeah. wing uh, membrane? Uh, what does that fucking mean? What are you talking about? Definitely some weird word choices. Like, uh, yeah. Brubeck, he also says, who is the boss of the local Red Cross? I'd like to know his name. Yeah. <laughs> if, he just uh, if he just can't give a heck, I'd put the bag to his neck. The bite to his neck. Oh, the bite. Okay, that makes more sense. But either even that, I'll put the bite to your neck. Like, I'll lose <laughs> my blues. <laughs> what? What does that mean? Um... It, it, yeah, it's it, it, you hate comedy music. How do you defend this? Like, I don't understand. I wouldn't say I'm defending it. I just think I'm trying to explore what's really happening here. So, what do you think is really happening here with these characters? I think it's a fucking weird sex thing. <laughs> 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 and I think we're gonna get into this. I mean, okay, first of all, vampires, weird sex thing, always, right? Always, always a weird sex thing. Like Anne Rice. You know, weird sex shit. Twilight, weird sex shit. Like, all of it, weird sex shit. I didn't watch True Blood, but I assume. Right? Oh, every scene was... Every other scene was a sex scene on that Okay, show. so that's what I'm saying. So, like, vampires... Those vampires, it's always with them. 
Well, yeah. So they're they're into like you know it's it's a and I'm not here again. I'm not here to kink shame, but there's some like you know locking people up with chains, and then there's some like you know I, I don't know like all these all these teenage ghouls getting hysterical and 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 you know dancing the forbidden dance and and feeling the forbidden feelings. Like it, it is very. Uh, you know, of its era, but also, like, I mean, like, what is Igor doing in this situation? Like, is Igor, like, consenting? Is this, <laughs> like, what's happening? <sighs> Igor's definitely, a, you know, he's the sub, he's a sub. Yeah, for sure. He says yes. He says yes. He says yes, master. Yes, master, master. Okay, well, okay. Um, But, no, I mean, I think it's, it's just interesting, like, people are clearly dying in mass. Right, that's true. Yep. Perhaps there's some sort of global pandemic oh, perhaps. or something. Um but they're filling up the graveyards, but the dead rise every night. Everyone rises from their grave every night and yep. dances. And dances. That's what? all they're there to do, I guess. And these two characters, Drac and Boris, are engaged in a sort of uh friendly r- rivalry in which they both want to invent the best dance for the corpses to do. Mm-hmm. Is it a friendly rivalry or is it a dance to the death? They're on. They're already. Oh, both they're already dead. Undead. That's right. Although so Doctor Frankenstein himself is not undead, so well, I don't know. It's a little up in the air. Um, or maybe they didn't fucking think through they any of this shit did. to the level that we did. I don't think they thought through it. I no. think it's just uh, some some hocus pocus hooey. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, this is literally our job is to like find something where there's nothing and and truly folks, there's very little here. I mean, the graveyard shift and blood bank blues. There's we're not breaking any ground here. We might be breaking, you know, the surface of the flesh. Ground in the in the graveyard. Oh, in the graveyard. The bodies in, that. Right? There you go. That too also. That oh. counts. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, look, uh, look. I'm, I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm trying to defend these songs as good, but I think if I have to listen to this, I want to, I got, I got to, I got to try to piece together a, a, a cohesive narrative. Well, we're all desperately trying to do that. Should we move on to the next two? Uh, yeah, Scully Gully and Wolfbane. Ooh, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, here we go. This is <laughs> those songs. They rattle their skulls past the cemetery gates The spot where their master party sweats Vito Scully Gully, Igor Scully Gully, Janusz Scully Gully too His clothes aren't continental and appearance far from neat And what chick would dig a cat with growth on his feet? He misses all the parties, he's a lonesome pup. All he really wants to do is chew people up. Um, yeah, uh, those are the same song. So. Okay, well, the, the first, Scully Gully, is is a riff on the Olympics 1959 hit, uh, Hully Gully. No. Really? Yeah. All right, I'm glad yeah. we have uh, you here, Wiley. Thank God, Wiley. Gully. Yeah. Yeah. So never caught that one. So that's that's what's I think almost, I, not all of these songs are a riff off something else. Some of them are and some of them just aren't, but that one is. That one's, uh, Scully Gully is a riff on, on Hully Gully. Okay. 
I wonder okay. if Wolfbane's a riff. I gotta say, I, li- I really liked the, uh, the 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 backup singers on both of these songs. The I actually, backup singing is great, absolutely. I think that's the highlight of the album in general. Is anything those backup singers do kind of kind of slays? Well, yeah. I mean, it's 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 literally like the dressing on the salad. Like otherwise, it's just fucking dry ass lettuce. Like this shit is the same exact fucking song over and over and over and over again with various different like compositions of saxophone. But that's that's it. I mean, or sometimes it's a harmonica. Like the beat is always the same. You know, the delivery is always the same. He has the same exact cadence on the entire fucking album, and. Yeah, like Scully Gully, even if it's a fucking reference to another song, like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does Holly Gully mean? I don't know what it no, is. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. no. These no. ones don't really contribute to the lore, in my opinion. Uh, I think that they're, they're, just some, they're just a nice couple nice little call and response uh, yeah. standards, you know? And this that's all this kind of is, is just standard compositions right. with spooky pastiche lyrics. God, back, I mean, back to the backing vocals, though. I, I actually think the, the backing vocals are, are are pretty good here, and they kind of yeah. remind me of um. I, I think his name's Lou. Is it Lou Phillips or my Lou I'm Diamond not, Phillips? Yeah. I'm no, wait. No. Lou, Lou Christie. Lou Christie. I'm sorry. I'm getting. I'm crossing my streams here between bad music and bad movies. Right. <laughs> yes. Sorry, and I, I mistook Lou Diamond Phillips for for <laughs> Lou Christie. The, what uh, did Lou Christie do? Uh, lightning striking again. It's no, that's no sixties kind of doo wop. Uh, that's the one that fucking um, that uh, Klaus Nomi Klaus covered. Nomi covered. Yeah, oh, yes, lightning yes. striking again. Yeah. But but the original one's give like me spaghetti. 60s. Sorry, he's <laughs> coming up on special <laughs> for you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't understand this reference. Uh, so lightning striking again is just like the '60s kind of doo-wop hit, which actually I think came after after this album because that's from '65. So this is a little bit before that. Yeah. Yeah, this is before a lot of things, and I think that's like I, I sort of temper my criticism knowing that because it, it's just like Heather, you are absolutely you're absolutely right that every song on this album is like exactly the same. Yeah, but I just feel like that's what you're going to get with any rock and roll album from 1962. Well, the, I mean, I'm sorry, of albums was like Little invented. Richard. I'm sorry. Little Richard's great, but he's Chuck Berry? still. Pl- I mean, they're still playing within the framework. They're playing the twelve-bar blues, but not every song sounds the fucking same. Well, I don't think Scully Gully sounds exactly like the Monster Mash. Scully Gully sounds exactly like Wolfbane. They're both exactly identical. Those two songs are. They are, are they identical, are and they're one after another. You're right. All right. You're right. <laughs> come on. Yes, this, come album on. Was, this album was written in two hours. I mean, it's it's very clear. Or like over. I, I lied a little bit at the beginning. I think it was like over the course of two days, but it was recorded in two hours. Either way, it doesn't ma- It doesn't matter. You know, it was it was just a shameless. It was like William Hung putting out an album, <laughs> you know? which he did, which, which we should do, which he did, and we will do on a future episode. But yeah, um, uh, what's his name, guy? Um, American the Idol. Guy the she bangs. Yeah, she bangs, he's the yeah. she bangs oh, guy. Um, classic, a classic moment in American history, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, I will say it's a lot more fun talking about this album than it was talking about fucking, you know, Marilyn Manson and last year's Halloween well, yeah, episode. I didn't know when we recorded that at the beginning of that episode that, he's that a horrible Marilyn abuser. Manson was a, a, a sexual abuser. Oh, that my God. That was something that came to light over the course of the episode, and I was like, I'm oh. shocked. Shocked, I say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't think Bobby Pickett was, so we don't have to worry about any of those types of surprises this time around. And I do nice. appreciate that. And he's a hometown hero, and 
you know, and you're right. It was the 60s. But again, there were other songs that sounded like this and that were before this. Right. And one of the songs, when did this come out? 62? 62. Okay, so this was the same year as the Locomotion, which also half of these songs sound like. So oh, one of them is a direct Yeah, there's a, uh, it, it is a direct reference rip. to the We're coming up. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. But um, Wolfbane, I don't know. Um, uh, and what chick would dig a cat with growth on his feet? Um, <laughs> 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 the fuckability of a wolfman is not something I want to be concerned with right now, to be honest. Actually, they're Mike very Dunn, concerned with it because they're trying to they they want to market Rabian, you uh, know, to they want to comb his hair into rock and roll bangs. I just realized it's Rabian, like rabies. That's funny. Oh, I get it now. He's, I thought it was a. I thought uh, it, I was worried it was like a. Oh. Racial thing. No, no. Like Arabian. It, this actually, uh, no, I think it's rabies, but uh, Fabian. So it's like a teen idol, but that it that has rabies. His and voice now, too. Yeah. Wow, yeah. damn, you cracked it open. I did. Crack I cracked the, the code. Um, I was just remembering the time that you dressed Sounds up deep. as the Wolfman for Halloween, and you all dressed up as the Monster Bash. You and Alex and my husband and... Uh, you know, uh, our other friends all dressed up as the Monster Mash for Halloween one year. Remember yes. that? Wow. How went, how were the growths on your feet? I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I, I just wore sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wore dress shoes actually. You did have hair everywhere. So. I did. I I did put hair all over my face and my hands and some makeup and a fake nose. It was. I I went. I think I went way harder than all the rest of the Monster Mash. But you kind of have to if you're the Wolfman. You do. You do. There's a lot about the Wolfman on this fucking. So, well, he's one of the classic Universal monsters. I'm surprised there's no creature from the Black Lagoon song. Yeah, that's true. Real um, missed opportunity there, for sure. That could have been the next Monster Mash. You know, it, they could have really dragged that universe. one up from the depths. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there was one note in the Wolfbane lyrics that I just wanted to draw attention to. Um, uh, let's see, a mangled carcass is always found. And then dot, 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 he's really not vicious, just wants to play. Like, it's not his fault he gets carried away, and so do they. So that's the lyric. I like that lyric. I don't know. That's a big old yikes for me, Wolf. If a uh, if if a man, or, or Wolf or otherwise, is attacking you and leaving you as a carcass, um, then possibly they're not trying to play. They're just uh hurting you, and you should get away. Uh, you know, he didn't mean to mangle your carcass. He just has a little temper, you know, when he's drinking, and it's fine. He didn't mean it. Heather, my pit bull is a sweetheart, <laughs> and he would never. <laughs> Dude, like, are you trying to say I that you should just put down dangerous dogs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a wolf who's literally attacking and mangling people's carcasses. Like, but by the way, yeah, if you're in, if you're in a relationship with that, like, you gotta be concerned. Like, and then and then he's got the line. So if you, oh, go ahead, Wiley. No, no, I didn't I, mean to. I, no, I didn't have anything okay. real to say. Um, so if you go parking in Lover's Lane, make sure you have a good supply of ripe wolfbane. So that is a direct kind of, uh, you know, abstinence-only <laughs> sex education line. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, you know, a nice wolf panic. That'll they get them to stop fucking. Well, because, it, you know, in the old movies, when the kids fuck, that's when they get killed by the monster. Absolutely. So, yes, like, I think he's drawing attention to that trope, but I think he, maybe you're right that it's also... It's also some uh, nice, you know, turn of the 50s and 60s moralism. Totally. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's it's spooky Pat Boone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, are we going to pretend that it's not? <laughs> 
That's fair. That's fair. It is. But, you know, I, I look, there's a lot to, to dislike about this album, but I can't deny the groove. The, I can't deny the groove <laughs> and the backing vocals. Okay, I got to give it that. Well, we didn't give Kid Rock credit for the backing vocals, did we? Well, they weren't good. Well, they were. It was a black gospel choir. I'm yeah, but it wasn't good. It, it was the Black Gospel Choir was good. Kid Rock was not good. The Black Gospel Choir on the Kid Rock album was they not. They sounded good. Not as good as. Uh, hey, Wolfman! Oh my god! <gasps> Wait, that's the most Ooh. racist thing we've ever said on the show. <laughs> right there, you're saying that Hey, Wolfman is better than the fucking. Okay, you don't even know for sure that that was a black choir. You yes, know? it was. They were pictured on the fucking cover of the album. The album cover I thought was just a black. It just no, was all black. There's a picture of him on the back of it where it's just him surrounded by black women with afros. You don't know that that was the choir. Okay, well either way they that were. That could have just been his entourage. Okay, I'm the racist. <laughs> you win. Either way. No, I mean, well, well, Kid Rock is a racist. Let's not get anything. <laughs> we do know that. Here. We do know that. Uh, and yeah, no, I'm sorry that I didn't give enough credit to the choir on his album. I'm giving too much credit to the backup singers on this album. But I like this better than the Kid Rock album. I'm I sorry do too. To say. I do too. But if the only <laughs> thing that you're crediting is the backing vocals, like, come on. It's not the only thing I'm crediting. I'm crediting the groovy, the band bum, bum, too. Bum, bum, spooky groove. The spooky groove. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's let's keep going with some spooky grooves here. And I move. think okay. perhaps we should take a break. Perhaps oh. we're at the halfway point. Yeah, we're about at the halfway point. Let's take a break. All right. Hey guys, it's Heather the podcast that you're already listening to make it stop and as much as we hate to interrupt it actually felt like a perfect opportunity for us to tell you about this awesome partnership that we have with adamneed.com when the world is a dumpster fire solve your problems with dildos if you go to adamneed.com right now you can select any one item for 50 percent off and then adam and eve is going to give you all sorts of awesome bonus free gifts and we love free shit stoppies i mean come on if you enter offer code bad music at checkout, you can get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item that we presume is for them. And six free spicy movies, plus free shipping. So honestly, literally guys, it's not getting any better out there. Certainly listening to terrible music like this isn't gonna help. Not only will you have a whole new spectrum of dildos to help distract you, from the impending doom all around us, uh, but you'll also be paying us to continue this torturous, tragic experiment uh, where we listen to the worst music ever made. AdamandEve.com, keyword bad music. Bye. Uh, so up next, um, we have the Monster Minuet. Followed by the Transylvania Twist. Here we go. I didn't think my eyesight was failing me. Well, it is nonetheless. May I have the pleasure of this minuet, Countess Alucard? There could hardly be pleasure dancing with you. Who asked you, Fang Face? And I suppose you think you are Rock Hudson. Not particularly, but at least I don't sack out all day like you. How could you? You are too busy cutting up corpses with your ugly friend. What do you think of this friend? Mmm, Transylvania twist. Good. 
You see, even Frankie likes it. What kind of living, Diggy? Of course, stupid. So this is where you get into that, you know, that little sibling rivalry here between uh, Dracula and uh, and Doctor Doctor Frankenstein? Frankenstein. I think for some reason they have like a really weird kind of like. <laughs> well, it's actually perfect because there is some Thomas the Tank Engine railroad horn in the Transylvania Twist. So this is actually just like an added, you know, aesthetic choice that we're we're making from recording in my backyard. Right. Yeah. This is just more Foley work. Yeah. It's just more Foley work. We yeah. planned that. Yeah. We yeah. definitely planned that. Yeah. So, uh, what's your take on this, Mike? Well, um, Monster Minuet, I'd say more like Monster Misogyny. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just a couple of pickup artists just peacocking. Just in, 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 impeccable PUA uh, <laughs> techniques employed. Just weird, more weird lore, you know. Um, uh, Boris slash Dr. Frankenstein, he tries to dance with a, a, a woman named Countess Alucard, um, who you would expect would be somehow related to Dracula since it's his name backwards, but uh, apparently not. And then Dracula's like, hey, I want to dance with those ladies. And... Uh, uh, Fr- Dr. Frankenstein's like, oh, those old hags. Yeah, the ghouls. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they use girls and ghouls interchangeably on this on this album. Either way, it's still misogynist, right? It's yeah, not I mean, women. <laughs> it's just weird. It's it's these two... I mean, f- what I gather is, like, there's this, this dope party going on, and there are these two guys who, who just think they're, like, super cool but are so uh, wrapped up in their own weird rivalry that they're they're just kind of being wallflowers and and, and watching like no one's going to see these two guys bickering and be like yeah i want to get some of that yeah dude and it's like every single thing like these two songs are not songs like i just that's that's what i was gonna say monster minuet is not even a song neither is transylvania twist it has music i feel like transylvania twist has music monster minuet though is just it's just some weird like you know character Impersonations jangling their keys loudly. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not. It's not even a song. Uh, Transylvania Twist has got some got some zip to it. Well, Transylvania Twist, yeah, it's like an instrumental. You're supposed to dance the Transylvania Twist to it. Again, they don't um, explain how. They don't explain how. We don't know how. But then there's also the, 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 the twist. Good is a little sad. Twist good. That's you know twist like that's good. a little a little too referential to the. The titular Monster Mash song. Or yeah. to the adoring public that is just e- eagerly ready to just gobble all this fucking sure. decaying flesh up, apparently. Yum, but yum, yum. You know, if you listen to the original song, to the Monster Mash, yeah. Dracula comes on and he says, and where is my Transylvania twist? And Boris tells him, it's now the mash. Mm. It's now the Monster Mash. So he has usurped this dance that Dracula invented. Of course. And turned it into his own more popular dance. Um, but I'm glad that Dracula found it. I think even at the beginning of the song, he says, there it is. There's my Transylvania twist. <laughs> so he, he found, found it. I don't know where, it is. where, where, uh, it was hidden away by, by Boris, but he found it. He found it. The good for the good for him. Cause they, nothing else is happening like at all whatsoever. Like we literally just have zero lyrics and like, at the end, it goes. It's a rocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's, a- it's uh, telling, not showing, is what I would say is <laughs> is the definition of this whole fucking album. It's like this is great music, ah, and I'm like, uh, no, it's it's not. But 
here we are. <laughs> it's the most downloaded song for Halloween ever. So, um, yeah, we just need to create Make It Stop needs to like drop a, a, a record, like a hit Halloween record. Sure, yeah, we could do the next Monster Mash. We'll work I could on probably it. do a Boris I'm... Karloff impression. Yeah, you Hell did a yeah. great intro. Yeah, let's let's do it. Stoppies, you know, send us send us your lyrics, send us your suggestions. We'll uh, we're ready. I mean, dude's dead, so it's not like we're taking you know food out of his you know. I mean, his, everything mouth. he did was ripped off from someone else anyway. Exactly. So, so it's just more. Just keep it coming. It's, Isn't that the history? It's our right. It's our privilege. <laughs> it's our privilege. But yeah, the Transylvania twist, there's some real like loving go-go dancer style. Like I can just see the tattered cocktail dresses swaying. The camera <laughs> is zooming erratically in and out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, uh, you know. It's John It's a piece of 60s. It's swinging. It's uh, a rocker. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It sucks. These, these, they're bad, dude. These they're ones, bad. I can't defend it all. <laughs> they're like the terrible skits on a hip hop album, and even like the fucking uh, monster minuet. I don't think I I played it, but I can play the the part of the clip where he goes like, <laughs> where it's like it's just it's like the inspiration for Ken Kniff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to keep track. Like they, they keep bringing in these these side characters, like. I guess Frankenstein's monster has been there the whole time. He pops in a couple times in these tracks, but you don't hear too much from him. Well, yeah. I think monsters are to, to be seen th- and not heard. I think this whole thing is sort of supposed to take place in the graveyard, that or in they the own. castle. Oh yeah, I guess the minuets at the castle. So there's a graveyard on the grounds of the castle. Right. There's this big party going on with all the undead and all. Why the Why would you even have Universal a graveyard? Movies. At your castle, if everybody's undead and partying anyway, why well, do they? Because it's spookier. Oh, because they. Okay. Yeah, if it's I had got... a castle, I'd have a graveyard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Got it. Well, I mean, back in the day, I mean, the entire community was built around the castle, so <laughs> right, like in the in the old. Yeah, uh, we're not the sixties, but you know the the fifteen hundreds. You're talking about back here. The, back well, the we haven't established <laughs> when this album is set. Okay. Okay. Well. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting to like I'm I'm just trying to picture in my head like what is what's the scenario? What's the what scene is being set over the course of this album? And I think it's just a big party where these two guys are just like bickering and like just obsessed with it. it's really it's like step up to the streets. <laughs> is this you got served but <laughs> in in monster musical form? <laughs> yes. Yes, I think that's the narrative. Is this is like an epic undead dance battle. Wow. I love it. But that would have sounded that would have been so much cooler than just doing the same song over and over again uh for 16 songs or just like having these like absolutely pointless like extended skit interludes. Again, he wanted to be a voice actor or he wanted wanted to be an actor or whatever, but um yeah, I don't know, dude. It's not good. It's not good is what I will say. I also don't understand Boris is being such a dick to Drac. Yeah. Boris is just a man. Why doesn't Drac simply drain him of all his life force? It's true. And that's, be that's, done with it. That's a good point. Then he's not he's not a member of the Undead Club. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, if you actually read the Dracula book though, Dracula's weak to like two dozen things. It's yeah. so easy to get Dracula out of a room. Just like pull out a cross. Some garlic. Some garlic, some holy water. Like, there's any number of things you can do to just be like, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> and he'll just fly out the window. Right. Yeah. 
protects the women. That's the whole book. If you haven't read Dracula, that's the whole book. Should we move on to the next yeah. two here? Keep rolling. Keep rolling. Yeah. Rolling. All right. So we're going to go on to the next two. This uh, next one's called The Sinister Stomp, followed by Me and My Mummy. You get it? <laughs> it's weird. We'll get into it. Here we go. On a graveyard prowl late one night I tripped on a body and got quite a fright As my fear subsided, my anger grew I proceeded to stomp with the heel of my shoe It keeps Janusz alive It makes Frankie jive And it's mine all mine It keeps my ghouls in line It happened in Egypt by the end River Nile, at the base of the pyramid. She gave me a smile, her bandage unraveled, decayed flesh I did see. Now it's me and my mommy, my mommy and me. <laughs> Alright, that's enough. Let's go. go, let's start with the sinister stomp. That's the monster mash again. Um, it is the monster mash, but with one distinct definition, which is who the fuck is Yanish? I don't know. He keeps talking about it. Yan- this, this Yanish. Yanish? Is this is this a long forgotten universal monster that only Bobby remembers? Um, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how do you spell it? Like. Yanish. So this Justin Yanush is the character that Karloff played. Boris Karloff played in the 1936 film. 1936 film, The Invisible Ray. Um, I'm, I'm assuming he's probably a mad scientist of sorts. I've actually haven't seen that's another one of those universal horror monster films, and I haven't haven't seen that one. Um, that's that's who Janusz is. Uh, oh, spelled Y-A-N-O-S. Oh. Janos. Janos, All right. man of fate. Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> Yano's the hands of fate. Um, yeah, the ray of fate. The ray, the ray of, of fate. The ray of fate. Actually, speaking of which, um, you know, we kind of alluded to, like, the spooky, like, creature feature, like, drive-in vibe of this album. But did you know that there was a uh, movie called uh, Frankenstein Sings? That was made based around this fucking album. Like, oh, there's this, a Monster Mash movie. There's a Monster Mash movie. Not called, even just Frankenstein sings. There's well, no, a, that's what it's called. It's Monster Mash the movie. Monster Mash the movie. Yeah, okay. It's Frankenstein sings. Oh, that's right. That's like the. That's the actual title of yeah. it. But, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I we could watch it. Yeah, this is actually. Uh, you know, Wiley is part of Disaster Peace Theater. We watch terrible movies together. That would be a really good one. If we can find a VHS. Well, you know, we'll try. Um, so it's basically, and also that, that whole, that whole movie, like the one thing that I did find about it is that it's the entire plot of Rocky Horror, except with less like overt sex stuff. Doesn't it, isn't it based on a play that, um, Bobby Pickett wrote? Yes. It predates Rocky Horror though? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I That's what like I'm saying. It predates why... Rocky Horror. Rocky so, yeah. Horror came out in like this early seven, was it 1970? I want to say it was mid-70s. 1975. It's 1975. So is when Rocky Horror came out. But the plot of Frankenstein Sings was literally Rocky Horror. Like, you know, two teenagers have car trouble near Castle Frankenstein on All Hallows' Eve. They're greeted by a reluctant Igor, which, uh, who's the Igor in um, Frankenstein? What's his name? Fuck. In Rocky Horror? I mean, in Rocky Horror. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, I've only, I, you know, I gotta be honest here. I, I'm not a big Rocky Horror oh, picture no. show. Oh, guy. man. I'm just not. I'm sorry. 
Oh, come on. I'll take the Monster Mash any day. What do you No, you're wrong. No, Riff Raff. Riff Raff is the Igor in uh in Rocky Horror. And um so, you know, uh Igor like greets them and um Bobby Pickett is playing Dr. Frankenstein. So this gets even more deep into the psychology of this album. So Bobby Pickett obviously considers himself to be the Dr. Frankenstein in this scenario. So who is Dracula? That's what I'm wondering. Also, in the in the film? No, like who is his Dracula that he's getting, you know, that he's talking all this shit? Was this a diss track? Was this like, you know, like he was clearly like feeling this well, competition Bella, and this like It's Bella Lugosi. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a clear impersonation of Bella Lugosi and I think even in the songs, I think it it switches back between Drac and and Bella a couple times. Yeah, and again, like you know, Bella Lugosi and um, Boris Karloff were like the two biggest names in horror throughout the entire classic, uh, you know, golden age of yeah. horror, uh, Hollywood horror movies, and they they had a professional rivalry. And I, I think, like, I really think, you know, as much as this album sucks, it is. <laughs> I, I, I do kind of enjoy like just hearing Pickett like nerd out he's clearly obsessed with these old movies and he's trying yeah. to work in as many references so, so as that's he can. what i was going to say here so we're talking about um pickett's film frankenstein sings where the two teenagers stop at the house and so that's that's kind of a a, a riff off of uh the universal film uh the old dark house uh where some people have car trouble and they have to stop at uh you, you guessed it an old dark house for the night <laughs> <laughs> isn't that also the plot of man of the hands of hate <laughs> I mean, it, it's the plot of many films, of and, and, and yeah. it's probably probably Epitaph. the old dark the old dark house is probably predated by something, but that's yeah. sort of the that's sort of the horror film that. Uh, it's that a trope. Started. I think Karloff might even be in Old Dark House, if I'm not mistaken. If it was made in the 30s, I'm sure he was. So I guess so. You were saying like he was inhabiting the like real life like dynamics of these actors, and I was just wondering if there was like an allegory even within the allegory where he f- fancied himself. You know the Boris Karloff and somebody else as fucking Bella Lugosi. Like, did he oh. have a big rivalry? You so know you what think I mean? He had a real life rival that yeah. he was he was doing a subliminal yeah disses to. On he this was album. subtweeting. He was su- he was he was subbing. Yeah. Um. In more ways than one. Which well, yeah, he's to. certainly <laughs> subbing on me and my mummy. We got some mummy dom yeah. little Boris going on. Well, yeah, let's go on. To, let's talk about that. So, first of all, it's Earth Angel, um, but it's about having sex with a mummy. mummy so, um, that's that's that. I, he says, I fell in love with this hideous sight. How could it happen? How could it be? It's just me and my mummy, my mummy and me. And then he says, he talks about, at the base of the pyramid, she gave me a smile. Decayed flesh I did see. All right. Okay. Well, you know. This guy um, wants to fuck a mummy. I, he wants to fuck a mummy is what is is clear. Um, that's what he. I mean, Frankenstein's monster is all about like resurrecting cadavers. So is is Frankenstein just a sex doll? Discuss. He can be. He's <laughs> hard to he's hard to <laughs> to pin down though, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's on the slab. Yeah. I mean, he he's he's not he's pinned down that's until true. his not- electrode goes inside of him. All right, that's true. Come on, dude, the electrode. Oh, I mean, yeah, well, the, yeah, all this shit. Innuendo. Is, all this shit is psychosexual. Frankenstein, the original book, the Mary Shelley story. Like, certainly, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Yeah, but I'm just curious why he felt like. Why did he need to call it me and my mummy? Because it I does. Don't know. It makes you think that he's. 
like it's a it's a play on me and my mommy. Yeah. Right? So it's a little creature feature about incest. Spooky. Incest and necrophilia. Ooh. They got a lot of stuff going on. All all wrapped on. up. All wrapped Ooh. up into one of this song. You know, he dresses it up as this like sweet uh doo-wop he covers uh, it slow in, dance track, but in bandages, so to speak. But Yeah, and in fact at the end he says they're both covered in bandages, so did she make him a mummy? Um, b- like through some magic powers by fucking him, or was he also a mummy the whole time? Is he playing a different character in the song mm. that is a mummy, or is gangrene contagious? Who knows? Mm, I, I don't true. know. Is it the ultimate STD when you fuck a fucking mummy, it, then you become one? Yeah, I, that, I mean that would mummy make sense. dearest. I don't feel like it's sanitary. <laughs> None of this is sanitary um, or sane. Uh, I'll say, yeah, this is fucking weird. This is where we get into some weird sex shit. It might have all been weird sex shit. Who knows? It was the 60s. You couldn't say weird sex shit, so you had to, like, couch it in these fucking, you know, uh, innuendos. Yeah, Yeah, right, right. I mean, horror in general is about, it's about domination. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just and it's all, about all the these... thrill of 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 being uh, victimized, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> I, I think I don't think he's intentionally trying to be a sex creep on this album, but I don't. I just think you unlike can't... Marilyn Manson, <laughs> right? Who was it very intentionally being a sex creep both on the album and in, in every real day life. of his fucking yeah, life, for sure. Um, but I, I think if you're if you're dealing with these themes and 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 you know playing with these tropes, that you it's gonna happen. You can't right. avoid. The weird psychosexual connotations. Yeah. So okay. Wow. He's got definitely a mummy complex. Is is for sure. <laughs> He's in the mummy dom. He's in a mummy dom. Um, I guess that's really all you need to say about this. To be honest, I think. Cool. Yeah, we we cracked the code. I guess. Yeah. There's only um. There's the binary of womanhood, which is ghoul to mummy. We have the- <laughs> <laughs> so we have the instead of the ma- mummies <laughs> turn into <laughs> instead of the Madonna horror complex, we have the ghoul mummy complex. <laughs> Either way, you can't win, um, and you're rotting. So um, <laughs> it's fucking weird, dude. It's weird. It's weird shit. Um, and uh, but it at least is interesting as opposed to the next two songs here, which are the same fucking song we've heard a thousand times before let's listen okay here we go this is monster motion followed by monster mash party And Igor are here with me. The mummy and Wolfman both came to see Transylvania swings from the loud commotion that's caused from doing my monster motion. All the monsters. Master, please let me marry. Or next, Igor, right after Janusz. I still like the Transylvania twist better. Who asked you, you bloodsucker? Well, thank you, Will. Um, so it 
gets weird and sexy again, doesn't it? With uh, the Monster Mash Party. Please, Master, I just want to mash. Please let me mash, Master. Uh, let me mash, Master. I'll take, and then I'll take your chains off later. <laughs> it is definitely, definitely some some kinky shit going on. That's, here. A, that's a sexter, a, a monster ma- sex party, really. It's a monster. Orgy, I guess, is what it is. Yeah, they're all dead. They're all cadavers. They're all, you know, made out of holes anyway. So who cares, right? Like, whatever you... so many more holes to choose from. So many more holes to... No, those are words I didn't want to say. (laughs) I retract them. Um, Uh... But every song on this album is Crocodile Rock with B-movie Foley and bad voice acting. Yeah, that's the that's what it Ooh. is. So, so monster motion is obviously obviously locomotion, right? Uh, that's not yes, uh, you know, um, for monster sure. Mash which came party, out in 1962. Yeah, by the so way, Monster Mash Party though is is the single is the B-side single to Monster Mash. So I think right. I feel like that's an important. I, I can't even call that one a song though. That's, well, that's not that's not a song. I'll, I'll defend some of the songs in this album, but that one that one's not even a song to defend. It's just it's just noises, and which stuff. is embarrassing as fuck because that was the second single, and it, it just goes to show you how little they prepared for this to be a hit because that's a whole thing. So this was tossed off as fuck. I mean, this was literally like scrambling to try to not just capture like like you know have lightning strike strike twice, but also like literally competing with this other album that was coming out um, and just, like, stealing the name. And it was it's like if somebody else put out that Soulja Boy album. <laughs> it was like, this is actually the Soulja Boy album. Well, you know, you did have uh, Watch Me Crank My Batman. Yeah. Um, I think Monster Mash Party is meant to be uh, the setting of the song The Monster Mash, right? Okay, okay. so they're so at the he's party. De- right. Yeah. So in The Monster Mash, he's describing this party... Uh, he's telling the story of the monster of when he was there at the Monster right. Mash, but at the Monster Mash party, it puts you right there and media res. Oh, oh. Um, what a what a phrase! It's like the part of the sweater song, like between the chorus and the verse, where it's just the kind of the guy at the party, like talking to people. Oh yeah, that's the Monster Mash party. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, that's um, literally the, all it is. It's not a song. The frustrating thing is there's so much expansion on the lore, uh, but. Uh, and here's his oppor- his golden opportunity. He's at the Monster Mash party. He can finally tell us, provide instructions on how to do the Monster Mash, and he he doesn't. You never yeah. get those instructions. There's no instructions, no. Um, and there's no like YouTube craze to be able to like follow along with the song to be able to like demonstrate what the what the motions are. I I was having a hard time. So all of these songs, you can't find the lyrics for them. So you have to just except for the Monster Mash, obviously. So you yeah. have to like really like try to listen hard. There's one part where he says like Igor, you fool, be a little more cool. You just about stepped on my bing. What is he saying? My I wing. Don't know. My wing. Oh, my, my wing. wing. That's right. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the, the Bell Lugosi impression. Got there. it. Yeah. Just about stepped on my wing. There's a lot of references to Dracula's wings. That's, that's the that's a go-to yeah. for, for Bobby on the side. And album. like the Wolfman's tail and stuff. It's like, okay, what do we know about these characters? Okay, Dracula wears a cape and drinks blood. Wolfman has hair. Uh, <laughs> mummy is both my mom and my sex object and uh, a decaying cadaver. Um, you what, know what do we know about Janusz? I mean, here's Janusz. We know very little about Janusz. Janusz. Is, this is this is the genesis of Janusz <laughs> in, in the 
in the oeuvre of, of this album. This is this is this is the start of Yanishir, yeah. which, is, which oh, was later using... referenced again in that track that we heard before. But this is the start of Yanish. Using he really should word... have brought Yanush in for a feature on the Monster Rap. Yeah, it was the ray. It was the invisible ray. Interesting. Where we're going from there? Interesting no. little piece of trivia. Leon Russell played piano on Monster Mash Party. Oh yeah. And who's that? Leon Russell. He's like a he's like a famous, uh, you know, country guy? country blues pop. He's guy. a real musician who made real oh, music. Okay. Yeah, he made cool. real music. He had like a really illustrious career, like gold record, his own career in his own right. But he also like played. He's like a studio a session guy who played with like Bob Dylan, Eric Clapton, Willie Nelson, George Harrison, Neil Young, like all the all the Bobby big. Boris he wrote he wrote a lot of songs for Joe Cocker. Um, who oh. uh, Joe Cocker? I think d- didn't write any of his own music, right? Well, but he got by with a little help from his friends. He sure, he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that actually that reminds me that I learned um, there is a great episode of a great podcast that I love very much called Punch Up the Jam. I'm sure all of our stoppies know about it. Um, they're really great, and they have an episode about the Monster Mash. And I learned that the director of that Monster Mash movie w- went on to direct Toy Story. Um, I read that. I, is that true, or did yeah. they do their own like remake version of it? No, no, it's yeah, true. Well, he and did then the he, original, uh, yeah, That's and then, so crazy. It is crazy, and also like Bruce Almighty and like some other fucking movies. Like he was like a. So you went to work for Pixar? I, I don't, I don't know, dude. Yeah. He was a director, uh, oh. for for you know legit shit, which you know I guess is fine. I mean, there's a lot of very legitimate people, like uh, t- very talented people, like. Hovering around the fringes of this album, it seems right, like. Right, right. Cloris Leachman, Leon Russell, and, and um, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's it. it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Um, oh, and, then, and the guy who directed Toy Story. Right. I mean, of course. all that talent. And then you got this kid from Somerville that's just coming out and trying to do his best. That's how the guys from Somerville sound like at the tea station. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Somerville. I'm from Somerville. You say it like that. Somerville. 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 Anyway, um, Somerville Theater. Shout out to the Somerville Theater. Yes. We should oh, dedicate. Shout out to the, we sh- we should sure. dedicate this uh, episode to them, and you should down- donate to them so that you know they survive. Because yeah. nothing. It's a good place. Will because we would not have the Monster Mash if not for Somerville Theater. Honestly, like, that's that's, true. that's the reason true. to donate. That's the only true. reason. That's the only. I mean, what more reason do you need? I just want to reflect on how um, how much this the whole Bobby Pickett story kind of just encapsulates how weird fame was in the early 60s. Yes, and the music industry yeah. as a whole. Right. Like, how we, the the industries were still so young, and it just allowed for stuff like this to happen. Yes. And I feel like there were, like, two periods where you had that. And I feel like it was, like, the the early, maybe, like, three periods. There, there's, there's It comes in waves of, like, a new technology is introduced that makes it cheaper or, or makes access easier for people to get in and then you get all of this weird B shit, right? Independently B, C, produced D, camp and shit. Beyond. You got it. Uh, you got it in the the Ed Wood days in the fifties. Yep. You got it. Uh, you know, up into this. Uh, this is probably the tail end of that. Yeah. And then you got it again in the eighties with, yep. with VHS and uh, and video technology. And then the you know late nineties, early two thousands with the internet. With the internet, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but this was kind of the first time you had. I don't, not even the first time, but just at this time, like fame, what it took to become famous, 
uh it, it was just you could actually just like luck into it well yeah with- i mean literally like fabian i i did do a little bit of uh research on on fabian the rabian aka uh who was literally just a teenager who lived across from a across the street from a record company executive who was like hey if you put a pompadour on your head you'll be a star and that's literally it and it worked yeah <laughs> it, it did <laughs> well it, so if you're white and good looking that it was you know the there, wheels were greased there were just way less people trying to make it back then so if you put in the minimal effort you might just end up being bobby pickett and having your rent paid for the rest of your life off of one song right um or you could now, be a pat like boone the, where you just steal all the songs from you know black people and then you know re-record them and then Make a lot of money off yeah. of them. You could do that too. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot, sure. That's not what Bobby did, though. No, it's not what Bobby did. Um, I mean, he just stole it from like the the movies. He was like, you know, and from people he was in Korea with, apparently. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was he was in Korea. Actually, didn't he say there was? I think there's one quote about his time when in Korea. When in Korea, you know, uh, when in Korea, <laughs> you were in Korea. Um, what did he say? Yeah, he um, he was on his way back from a year and a half tour in Korea. On the ship he came back on, they were putting together a show. Quote, there were these three or four black guys who were singing doo-wop and acapella stuff, and they needed a bass baritone. So I became a member of that group. So on the one hand, it's like, okay, you were just kind of like stealing black culture. But then at the other hand, you were a white person who was down to fucking sing with some black people at yeah. that time. So Here's that's pretty dope. a regular Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. You heard it here first. <laughs> Stoppies. Please vote for him, though. Please, God. I'm sorry. Was Especially Joe Biden actually in, in a doo group, or was no. he just around the doo culture? Are you just confusing this with, like, that, that, that storyline from The Simpsons? I think I might be confusing <laughs> it with that storyline from that one episode of uh, It's Always Sunny. Oh, okay. Where Frank gets his old doo group back together. Yeah. Jeez. That has nothing to do with any of these songs. Yeah, Should we move on to the next? <laughs> so, more tunes. All right. We got two more. This is Irresistible Igor, followed by Bella's Bash. Here we go. Irresistible Igor. How dashing is he in his nightly body snatching? He alone holds the key to the hearts of female zombies. They love him more and more. They see him sting through the night, and one by one they fall. Irresistible eagle, comes eagle with Frankenstein. They didn't bring track. He's no friend of mine. His jealousy is widely known. Doesn't dig my match. Got a dance of his own. All right, fellows, come on, let's split. Igor, don't leave those electrodes lit. Let's hurry on over to Dracula's pad and see his new dance that's becoming a fad. All right. <laughs> um, this is some some real funny. Uh, there's a couple of real funny twists to the lore going on here. Okay, irresistible Igor. So yep. Igor apparently is a heartthrob mm-hmm. to the ghouls, the zombie, the babes. zombie babes, zombie yeah. babes. Yeah. Um, the Virgin Boris and the Chad Igor. <laughs> it really puts a it puts into uh, you know the bickering with Drac in uh, the Monster Minuet in a new perspective. That like they're actually just these two soy boy beta cucks, 
that are just <laughs> bickering. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck her. No, I'm, I'm gonna fuck her. Actually, I'm gonna thing. dig up her grave. Yeah. No, I'm gonna dig up her grave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then meanwhile, Igor's just cleaning up. Yeah, left and right. Fuck, man. Yeah, he, you know, in his nightly body snatching, he alone holds the key to the hearts of female zombies. They love him more than all. I don't know how that's right. Or is Boris just, is this, is this a song about Boris? How Boris really truly feels about Igor. What you Right. Know? I mean, he oh. is his sub, his slave, basically. Yeah, right? yeah. Ah, is it like a Nexium vibe? It's like, all right, so it's like, it's the only way he can profess his love for Igor is by doming him. Uh, or, but he's not really even doming him. He's he's he's. Well, he's dumb. saying that his face has gone to pot. Yeah, but all the uh, all, it doesn't matter. He's getting all the he's getting all the tail. Well, he left he's a getting string. All the trim <laughs> and some of them. <laughs> and some of them. <laughs> he left a string of broken hearts. Which do zombies still have hearts? That doesn't uh, yeah, really make sense. Not, they just don't. Pump they have blood. hearts, but not brains. Well, how can they break then? At that point. Oh, they have hearts. Okay. Yeah, a zombie has a heart. Yeah, he's just, just you know. It's just a non-functioning piece of rotting meat inside their body but it's there yeah no igor does seem like the alpha you know they give the they give the line he leaves the girls all crying he doesn't really care which like he's a fucking dick (laughs) he's a he's a piece of shit Mm. i mean he digs up their graves like presumably fucks their corpse and then um like leaves them crying is that cool Mm. no it sounds not very cool it's not cool you know that's that's the chad way okay well you know uh, Bella's Bash sounds different than the other songs in the album. Okay. You got to give it that. It okay. does. If I knew something about music, I'd I'd be able to, to analyze it a bit. But it sounds like uh, some kind of like, uh, it's not like, is it like something? Um, is it like a, like a, like a waltz? blues or waltz? Or, I don't know. It don't sounds know. like some New Orleans style um, blues or New, or- New Orleans style, like there's some like Tin Pan Alley type shit. I- I've heard the term 12 bar blues. I don't yeah. know if that's that. I don't know anything about music. No, 12 bar blues is a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's three chords. It's a one, four, five progression. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything else to say, but I do appreciate that. Oh, actually, I do. I have a big thing to say. Oh, boy. Which is in Bella's Bash. Dracula actually tells you how to do his dance. Yeah. And this is the culmination of the storyline. He's been talking about this whole time that he wants to do a dance to to one up the Monster Mash. A dance is better than the Monster Mash. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like at the beginning of the song I'm like why is Boris going to this party of his rival's house? But you find out he's going there to see what's the deal with this new dance. Because you suckers got served. <laughs> and then lo and behold though, how to do the dance? You got to you got to fly up into the air and then shake your wing to the right and shake your wings to the left. And Nobody else can do that. No one, what, human what? beings can't do that. Wow. And at the end at the end he's like no one's going to do this bullshit. <laughs> Normal people can't do your dance. It will never be better than the Monster Mash. <laughs> and it's like, damn, that's the climax of the album there it right is. there. There it is. Yeah, Dracula's trying to be tricky over here. He's trying to like show off, and it's like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you, dog. Keep it simple. Yeah, in the we end. We have a fucking hit dance called the Mashed Fucking Potato, my dude. Like, chill out. We can't be flying all over the place. Exactly. That's the end of the story, really, because after this, there's just a skit. Yeah, uh, and then there's a, a song, <laughs> a, a song that's completely unrelated to the rest of this. It's, I mean, it's a totally different season. Yeah. Um. So this is really is this is the climax of the album. This is how it ends: is that Boris wins the yeah. Monster Mash, reigns supreme. Yeah. Mash he does. Good. 
Mash good. You know, you were talking. You were asking earlier, like, why does the monster mash endure? Like, what what gives it its power? And I really think that it's, you know, reflecting on it now, I think that it's that Bobby Pickett really knows his shit. That yeah. you can hear the passion for it. Like, this isn't something made. I mean, it is absolutely something made by someone looking to cash in and make score a quick buck. But at least in do they're doing it with something that they hold dear to their heart. I think it's like I think party Bobby, in the USA with yes. uh, <laughs> I think the Bobby Jay-Z Pickett song. probably thought he would score like five hundred bucks and he's gonna like, Cool, great, you know, like I'll make a, like some quick cash and it'll be fun. But instead it ended up being like a big I think it ended up being much bigger, much bigger than he way, thought it would be. Way bigger. Way bigger. Which is kind of remarkable. I mean, that you got to give it to. I mean, that's that's hometown ingenuity. I give it to him. I give him credit. I think. I think. You know, he seems like a good guy. But Jesus fucking Christ, especially these next, the last two songs on the album. Like, you know, we're overstaying our welcome. So let's just move on to these last two songs and get this fucking over with. Yeah. How about that? This next one isn't a song. It's a skit. And I want to know if you guys know what the fuck it's referencing because I do. But I, do you guys know what that what I they're know. doing here? All well, right, let's, let's get let into it. Roll. it. Yeah. So we got "Let's Fly Away" followed by "Monsters Holiday." Dracula. Oh, vampire. Dracula. Vampire. Dracula. Vampire. Dracula. Vampire. But they were up to no good. Didn't act like good monsters should. They found themselves a new prey. They planned to rob Santa's sleigh. They were making a list and checking it twice. Frankenstein wanted a shiny new trike. A new chain for Janusz, a brace for Igor's back. A speed shaver for Wolfman, a new cape for Drac. <laughs> Wait, really? Really, that's what you uh, asked for, Frankenstein? You could ask for anything? Frankenstein wants a tricycle. You want a tricycle, my dude? Yeah, that's really? a funny thing to picture, though, is big old Frankenstein <laughs> riding a trike. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I uh, guess. Because trikes are tiny. And Frankenstein's big. He's big. That's the joke. It's, do you find it funny to watch me in my automobile? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mike. So I want to know what's what's going on with the the, the vampire vampira track. What's, yeah. what's the deal with that one? Uh, I didn't I didn't pick up on it. All right. So, 1952, there was a comedy album. This guy Stan Freeberg, 1951. Wow. Um, he had a comedy album, and he came out with this thing called John and Marsha. Uh, if you want to search John and Marsha, Stan Freeberg. On YouTube. Okay. I'm pretty sure this is... I mean, I'm positive this is what he what he's referencing. Okay. Great. This was very popular. Uh, this was uproariously funny to people in the 1950s. Wow. Um, and it, it endured all the way to the 60s. I mean, they... they what refer- was the concept of it, though? Like, that's the what concept of it is exactly the same thing, except to replace Dracula and Vampira with John and Marsha. Wait, okay. Okay, let me. This is the Wikipedia article, so here we go. John and Marcia is a 1951 American novelty comedy single written and performed by Stan Freeberg and released on Capitol Records. This is goes back to our point about how easy fame was at that point. <laughs> Consisting of only two words. John and Marsha, the recording is a back-and-forth dialogue between a man and a woman ranging in varied emotion. It was made into an award-winning commercial. 
uh, by producer-director John Hubley and animated Art Babbitt and aired on television in 1956. Right. So it was supposed to be basically a parody of soap operas. Ah. It was, it was sending up soap operas in the way characters talked to each other on soap operas. Wow. Okay. And so he is doing a, this reference years later and just replacing them with vampires. And it gets its own track on the album <laughs> to fill it out to 16. Got it, 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 got it. Okay. All right. Well, so so it is Party in the USA. <laughs> Once again. Um, yeah, I mean, that doesn't make it a song. It's definitely not a song. No, it's not, um, it's not really worth anything either. I, although, no. you know what? I will say I chuckled at the uh, when they flew away at the end. That's yeah, the bat sound. <laughs> the bat sounds pretty good. I, I like the bat sound. That's what a bat sounds like, apparently. That was pretty funny. And yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, Monsters Holiday. What do we have to say about that one? I need that as a single. <laughs> yeah. For my for my Christmas DJing. Oh, it uh, was a monster's holiday. It was the monster's holiday. <laughs> I think it was a single. I think it's on a, you can find it on 45 possibly. I've got the 45 of Monster Smash. Monster Smash. Well, of course. No, Monster Smash. Monster. Just just Monster Smash. <laughs> you got the, the misprint one that says Monster Smash? <laughs> Monster Smash. <laughs> worth big bucks. Um, he should have done one for every holiday. How? Where's Monster Flag Day? Right. Right. Uh, Monster Veterans Day or, you know, Monsters. uh, Thanksgiving. What? There's no Thanksgiving. What novelty novelty Thanksgiving songs are there out there? Zero. Shit. We're at the end of the album, guys. We did it. So as you know, Wiley, as a seasoned veteran of the show, what we do at the end of the uh, album is we look back and we, um, you know, we reminisce together and we retrospectively assign the album a rating. From zero to negative five of some quantifier. So you both get to choose the quantifier and you get to be the first one to rate the album. Wow. Wow. A lot um, of pressure. That is that is a lot of pressure. If you're not a beta cuck, you can probably rise to the occasion. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not I a guess beta I'll, cuck like Drac and like, Boris. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, have to, I have to be a real, a real Igor a real here. Igor. Be a real Igor. Well, I'm gonna rate the rate the album. It's t- this is so tough because I love I, I I fucking love the Monster Mash. It is it is such a banger. I mean, mash mash so good, but <laughs> but I mean the rest of the album really is is just total drack. You know? So I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to rank this negative two coffins on oh. on a scale of whatever we're doing here. All right. Nice. Um, yeah, solidly middle of the road. I, you know the album; uh, the, it has its moments. I would actually probably buy. I would actually probably buy this album. I, I, yeah, I would. I would like to own this. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean the cover is the cover is pretty good. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Negative two coffins. Uh, Mike, you want to go next? Sure. Um, look, this is make it stop. We've heard it all. Yeah. I can't be too mean to Bobby. I had a little fun with this album. I'm gonna give him a negative one coffin. Uh, and I'm giving him the negative one because he never explained how to do the Monster Mash <laughs> any of these 16 tracks, so he loses a point for that. Okay. Wow, that is awfully generous. I mean, listen, this was listenable. Um, 
So that is a big win for something on the show. Um, but is it 16 tracks listenable? No, it's pro- it's approximately four tracks listenable. <laughs> um, it really is. I mean, the, 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 the audacity of stretching this out. And, of course, obviously they were cashing in on the initial hit and they wanted – and he continued to for his entire life. So I don't feel bad about saying this. Our hometown hero, Bobby Pickett, you know, he was able to pay his rent for his entire life. He never had to struggle. Um, you know, this continued – It obviously holds a place in the zeitgeist, in our collective imaginations. It's clearly important. It's important enough for Wiley to listen to it for an hour and a half, uh, for just one song on this album for an hour and a half. So you've got to give it that amount of credit. But, um, you know, it just, um, it's barely an album. I mean, it's it's barely an album. It's one of the best albums that we've ever reviewed, but it's (laughs) barely an album. And that's, you know, it's definitely saying something. Was it fun? Yes. Was it... um, Oddly erotic, yes. Um, <laughs> do I have feelings about um, the menage a trois of uh, Igor, uh, Drac, and uh, Dr. Frankenstein? Yes. <laughs> we need to explore those feelings further. We'll explore those feelings further, um, you know, in the privacy of my own home. But <laughs> I'm not going to say that this is good in any way. Um, you gave it a nev- negative two. It is really... Um, Ooh, let's see. 16 songs, huh? Here, I just want to point out to you, though. Yeah. Average song length, 2 minutes, 20 seconds. A- that was exactly wow. what I was just about to say. The, the the beauty of the brevity of these songs is glorious. There are some songs, which, again, are not songs, so I don't know if you give them credit for this, that are, like, 40 seconds long on this album. So that is that is something. It wasted less time of my life. It took more. It took less years off of my life um, than the vast majority of the albums that we listen to on this show. So, you know what? Um... Wiley, I'm going to go with you. It's a negative two coffins for me. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So um, thank you so much to our incredible guest, Wiley, for being on the show with us today. Thanks for, thanks for having me here. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to be in Everett. Um, where <laughs> this album was recorded? Uh, no, where uh, Bobby Boris Pickett did stand-up comedy for the first time. Yes. Right, okay, yeah. Okay. Classic, classic. Yeah, my backyard. He did, a, he did a tight five. <laughs> a very tight five. Um, so, Wiley, why don't you go ahead? I know you're TikTok famous, so you don't need any additional um, you know, push from us and our, our lowly downloads, but you should – just kidding. We, we have – I think we're over like a hundred thousand this year now. Whoa, that's, so, that's a lot of that's like a lot of downloads. For showing out. That's yeah, thank good. you, fucking stoppies. Jesus Christ. Um, but tell everybody about your store and everything that you do, and well, and plug whatever you want to plug. Well, I, I'm the uh, I'm the the owner and, and proprietor of uh, <laughs> of High Energy Vintage in Whoop. Somerville, Massachusetts. Um, TikTok you can famous. Check us out. Tick the TikTok world famous vintage store, High Energy Vintage. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram at. at High Energy Vintage, or you can check out our website, which is highenergyvintage.com. <laughs> yep. Basically, just High Energy Vintage offer everything across everything. You can check us out. Um, what else? I do a lot of other stuff. You know, you, you can catch me spinning tunes when all this uh, lockdown stuff is over, probably yeah. probably somewhere. Uh, but also show your support to your local your local venues. If you're yeah. around here, you know, uh, show once Somerville some love. Uh, show the Brattle Theater some love. Show the Somerville Theater in in davis yeah. square somerville yeah. show them some love because they need it they're they're hurting a lot more than than my stories right now 
Yeah, and and so NEVA, the National Independent Venue Association, they have a big um, fundraiser going on called uh, Save Our Stages, and that's for you know local independent venues like the ones we just mentioned. Uh, please, if you have some extra scratch, go donate it. I ended up donating through YouTube the other day because I was listening to uh, Miley Cyrus uh, do a really good cover of Zombie by the Cranberries. So, Her covers um, have been pretty good. She's a fucking, you know what, for all the bullshit, she's fucking talented. I heard today that she's going to release an album of Metallica covers. Which either we'll be reviewing on the show or we're going to love. I think it's going to be the best. It's going to be better than anything Metallica's done for the last 30 years. And oh, I think. Sure. <laughs> I think we all agree on that. Um, yeah, so check that out. Um, check out High Energy Vintage. Uh, I alluded to it being TikTok famous, but it literally has exploded. It's the only good thing that's happened in 2020 is that um, our dear friend's store has been, um, has gotten super famous with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views, probably millions at this point. It's yeah, it's it's millions. Uh, uh, millions I don't know. I mean, I, I forgot. Last well, because it was like two hundred thousand when you oh, first posted it. Yeah, it's probably at, at yeah, it's probably like half a million now. But then also some Instagram accounts shared it, and they had like a couple hundred thousand views. So yeah, it is probably at like a million views. That's crazy. Sick as hell. I yeah, that's nuts. I yeah, I don't even know what to say. It's fucking badass. If you want some laser discs, my dude's got you. If you want, if you some, want some laser discs, vintage some VHS uh, video games, cassette tapes, yeah. Or, sure. or just a cool shirt. Any of the old N64 wrestling games, they had very reasonable prices on them. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's, that's true. true. So check them out. Um, and uh, check out us. Uh, obviously, you did, but you can find out more about Make It Stop at makeitstoppodcast.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Make It Stop Cast. Um, you can send us a novelty um, evacuation day hit, if you would like. And just, <laughs> just go ahead and um, you know draft the lyrics to that and send that to us in an email. We would love to see it at makeitstoppodcast at gmail.com. Big shout out to everybody who continues to send us emails and comments on our um, posts. We appreciate it. We read all of it. And um, we appreciate it so fucking much. Uh, we have uh, more episodes coming your way. We're going to be doing train. There it is again. There's the train. Do you oh, hear it? Right on cue. But um bump, but um bump. Um and yeah, a whole bunch of other stuff. We have the cornucopia for Thanksgiving coming up. Um our our novel our other novelty holiday episode. Um and um shout out to everyone on Pandora who continues to download our Afro Man Christmas episode from last year. It's just yeah. insane. I don't know how that happens. But um either way, thank you. We appreciate it. And uh we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Mash good. Stop podcast <laughs> The Make It Stop podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Heather McCormick. It is affiliated with the Boston Free Radio Podcast Network at bostonfreeradio.com and with Somerville Media Center, based out of Somerville, Massachusetts. The music used for our intro is produced by Patrick Ahern. Thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 